Book Thirteen, Part One of Ovid's Metamorphoses. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dennis Sayers. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Translated by Brooks Moore. Book Thirteen, Part One. The chiefs were seated, and the soldiers form a circle round them. Then Ajax, the approved lord of the sevenfold shield, arose and spoke. Impatient in his wrath, he looked with stern set features out over Sigian shores and over the fleet of ships upon the beach, and, stretching out his hands, he said, We plead, O Jupiter, our cause before the ships. Ulysses vies with me. He did not shrink from giving way before the flames of Hector, when I withstood them, and I saved the fleet. Tis safer, then, to fight with lying words than with his hands. I am not prompt to speak, nor he to act. I am as good in war and deadly battle as he is in talk. Pelasgians, I do not suppose my deeds must here be mentioned. You have witnessed them. But let Ulysses tell of deeds which he performed without a witness, and which night alone is conscious of. I own the prize we seek is great, but such a rival makes it small. To Ajax there is no cause for pride in having any prize, however great, for which Ulysses hoped. But he has won reward enough already. He can boast when vanquished, that he strove with me. I, even if my merit were in doubt, should still excel in birth. I am the son of Telamon, who with great Hercules brought low the power of Troy, and in the ship of Jason voyaged even to Colchian shores. His father, Aeacus, now is a judge among the silent shades, where Sisyphus toils and is mocked for ever with the stone. Great Jove himself calls Aeacus his son. Thus Ajax is the third from Jupiter. But Greeks let not this line of my descent avail me, if I do not share it with my cousin, great Achilles. I demand these arms now do me as a cousin. Why should this one, from the blood of Sisyphus, and like him for his thefts and frauds, intrude the name of that loathed family upon honoured descendants of brave Aeacus? Will you deny me arms because I took up arms earlier, no man prompting me, and call this man the better? who last of all took up arms, and pretending he was mad, declined war, till the son of Napleus, more shrewd than he, 
but to his future cost, discovered the contrivance of the fraud, and had the coward dragged forth to the arms he had avoided. And shall this man have the world's best arms, who wanted none? Shall I lack honour and my cousin's gift, because I faced the danger with the first? Would that his madness had been real, or had been accepted as reality, that he never had attended us as our companion to the Phrygian towers, this counsellor of evil. Then, good son of Poeas, Limnus would not hold you now, exposed through guilt of ours. You, as men say, hidden in forest lairs, are moving with your groans the very rocks, and asking for Ulysses what he so well deserves. What, if indeed there are still gods, you shall not ask in vain. And now one of our leaders, he that was sworn to the same arms with ourselves, by whom the arrows of great Hercules are used as his successor, broken by disease and famine, clothed with feathers, now must feed on birds, and squander for his wretched fare the arrows destined for the wreck of Troy. At least he lives, because he has not stayed too near Ulysses. Hapless Palamedes might wish that he too had been left behind, then he would live, or would have met a death, without dishonour. For this man, who well remembered the unfortunate discovery of his feigned madness, made a fraudulent attack on Palamedes, who, he said, betrayed the Grecian interest. He proved his false charge to the Greeks by showing them the gold which he himself hid in the ground. By exile or by death, he has decreased the true strength of the Greeks, and so he fights. For such things men have cause to fear Ulysses. Should he excel the faithful Nestor by his eloquence, I'd yet be well convinced the way he forsook Nestor was a crime. Old Nestor, who implored in vain his aid, when he was hindered by his wounded steed, and wearied with the years of his old age, was then deserted by that scheming man. The charge that I have made is strictly true, and the son of Tidius knows it all too well, for he at that time called him by his name, rebuked him, and upbraided his weak friend for coward flight. The gods above behold the affairs of men with justice. That same man who would not help a friend now calls for help. He who forsook a friend should be forsaken. The law he made returns upon himself. He called aloud on his companions, 
I came, and saw him trembling, pale with fear, and shuddering, at the thought of coming death. I held my shield above him where he lay, and that way saved the villain's dastard life, and little praise I have deserved for that. If you still wish to claim this armor, let us both return to that place and restore the enemy, your wound, and usual fear. There, hide behind my shield, and under that contend with me. Yet, when I faced the foe, he, whom his wound had left no power to stand, forgot the wound, and took to headlong flight. Hector approached, and brought the gods with him to battle, and wherever he rushed on, not only this Ulysses was alarmed, but even the valiant, for so great the fear he caused them. Hector, proud in his success in blood and slaughter, I then dared to meet, and with a huge stone from a distance hurled, I laid him flat. When he demanded one to fight with, I engaged him quite alone. For you, my Greek friends, prayed the lot might fall upon me, and your prayers prevailed. If you should ask me of this fight, I will declare I was not vanquished there by him. Behold, the Trojans brought forth fire and sword, and Jove as well against the Grecian fleet. Where now has eloquent Ulysses gone? Truly, I did protect a thousand ships with my breast, saving the hopes of your return. For all these many ships award me arms. But let me speak the truth. The arms will gain more fame than I, for they will share my glory, and they need Ajax. Ajax needs not them. Let the Ithacan compare with deeds like mine, his sleeping rhesus, his unwarlike Dolan, Helenus taken, and Pallas gained by theft, all done by night, and all with Diomed. If you must give these arms for deeds so mean, then give the greater share to Diomed. Why give arms to Ulysses, who by stealth and quite unarmed, has always done his work, deceiving his unwary enemies by stratagems? This brilliant helmet, rich with sparkling gold, will certainly betray his plans, and will discover him when hid. His soft Dulichian head, beneath the helm of great Achilles, will not bear the weight. Achilles' heavy spear from Pelion must be burdensome for his unwarlike hands. Nor will the shield, graven with the 
vasty world beseem a dastard left hand smooth for theft why caitiff will you beg them for a gift which will but weaken you if by mistake the grecian people should award you this it would not fright the foe but offer spoils and that swift flight in which alone you have excelled all others dastard wretch would soon grow laggard dragging such a weight and that good shield of yours which has but rarely felt a conflict is unhurt for mine agape with wounds a thousand from swift striking darts a new one must be found in short what need is there for words let us be tried in war let all the arms of brave achilles now be thrown among the foe order them all to be retrieved and decorate for war whoever brings them back a worthy prize ajax the son of telamon stopped speech and murmuring among the multitude followed his closing words until ulysses laertian hero stood up there and fixed his eyes a short time on the ground then raised them towards the chiefs and with his opening words which they awaited the grace of his art was not found wanting to his eloquence end of book 13 part 1 recording by dennis sayers in modesto california for LibriVox.